0: Good morning, guys. Uh, The prophetic week here, uh, first of all, it's a great honor to stand before you this morning. Uh, It has been about six years that I wasn't on the platform since I left ministry, Uh, went into schooling and stuff like that. So this is the first time in a long time that I stand on the platform in a kind of church setting, school setting. So, uh, but I have a, a word for you that I have been praying for two weeks. Lord, what do you want me to speak to the students? Because I know some of you are moving on, and this is your last year, last semester, and you are not coming back. Some students are leaving, and, but they are planning to come back and to be part of Elam again. And I'll tell you something, Elam's experience is great. And I believe the topic I'm going to talk about today is the, is the believer's a journey as an individual, not as a collective body. So a, a journey illustrates the life of faith, a trust, and dependence that has been an abiding feature of the people of God. If it's a church, or the, if you read about the, the journey of the Israelites from Egypt, uh, moving through the wilderness... And in order to go into the land that God has promised them to possess. It was a, not, an easy, not an easy journey. At the same time, a person on a journey is characterized by a, a certain detachment from earthly goods and comforts. When the Jews, the Israelites, left Egypt, they had to detach themselves from, what, from everything that they left behind. And the journey, there was nothing available to them, but God leading them and guiding them. And, the, the, and their leader, who's the main, the main leader, was Moses, guiding them through the wilderness. The Lord was using him in a mighty way to guide them. But we read in the five books of Moses that the Israelites, as they were journeying, they failed uh, many times. And uh, especially when they murmured against the man of God. That was Moses. Uh, The problem is not uh, someone, sometimes when I come and I complain to the Lord about certain things in my life. That is a different complaint than when you complain about a man of God or a woman of God. Because they were kind of punished. the The first generation we read that they never made it to the promised land. It's only the second generation who made it to the promised land, which is their children. So also a journey is an image of transition. Some of you are leaving to move to what God has for you Uh, next. I don't know if it's a church in a a church setting or a workplace, etc., etc. It doesn't matter what God has for you. It depends on what kind of commitment and what kind of walk you have and what kind of decisions you make. And this is what kind of I'm going to be talking about you with you today. So people can journey away from God as well as toward God. The Israelites, through their complaining and murmuring, in essence, they have detached themselves from God himself. Because sin separates us from God's presence. And when we ask forgiveness, our, uh, our relationship with him is restored again. So... Even Satan himself kind of journey. We read about him in Job 1.7 and 2.2. 2, that the, 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 the Satan go back and forth throughout the whole earth, kind of. To and fro. So it depends. A journey. We read about the journey of the patriarchs in the Old Testament. We read also about the journey of Abraham leaving, uh, leaving the land where he, where he lived in order to come to Canaan. And also we read about the life of Christ. It was a journey. He never had a house, never had any place, going from place to place. One time, about in, in 19, 1992, I went to Sinai Desert. With a, I was taking a class in Israel. The fun thing is when you take a class, you go to the field. You are not just in the classroom. And I, So we went on this field to the Sinai Desert with our professor, who taught me historical geography of the Holy Land. As we were in the, in the he's also an archaeologist, famous archaeologist. And as we in the desert for five days, uh, the, 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 there is, if you look at the desert, you don't know which direction to go. The guide said to us, uh, it's not enough to have a map with you. Uh, the map is very important, but, in the, but you look at the map and you look at the desert, the desert, still it's hard to figure out which path to take. He said, you need also a guide, someone who knows the area. And in our life, your life and my life, we need to have the Holy Spirit as our guide. And the Bible is our map that we read every day. We read the scripture every day because the Holy Spirit want to guide us through his written truth in the Gospels, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So uh, that being said, to so our journey, uh, the, uh, we journey with anticipation in order to go from point E to to point A, to point B, to point C, in order to get to the place where God has for us. But the, the journey itself, uh, we do it with the Christ, not without him. And we have the Holy Spirit on us, with us. So uh, he is in us, and also he guides us every day. As we, are, we faithfully read the scripture on a daily basis, we pray, we commune with him, we read the scripture, and we seek guidance and direction. But we need to seek, because the Bible says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. In order for a man and a woman to be successful, they have to seek him on a daily basis for their life. What to do and what not to do. When I made the decision in, in 1994, at the end of it, to come to Elam, wasn't an easy... I was, ad, admi, I was admitted to go to Westminster Theological Seminary to, to, to continue my study, because I finished in Israel... Uh, but uh, Andrew Abu Ghazali, a friend of mine, approached me. He said, why don't you go to Elam Bible Institute? I never heard of Elam. And I praise the Lord for the opportunity that I have to come to Elam. Because part of my journey, leaving my country and my land, I made the right decision coming to Elam. helped prepare me for what God has for me. And the same thing for you as a student. You are about to leave to, to embark on a new path to take. But you really need to make sure that your relationship with him is so solid. And nothing can shake that relationship. You are not supposed to let anything come in between you and the Lord. Nothing. You need to be able to do that on a daily basis. Not just every Sunday to go to church. uh, Because Sunday to go to Sunday and not to read your Bible throughout the week is not good. So the journey that we take, if we read about the Israelites... A, it, it was a difficult, a challenging, and perplexing sometimes. Because when they didn't have food, they complained. But the Lord intervened and they provided manna for them. They complained about, they wanted meat. God intervened and provided food for them. So as we journey, God might not meet some of our needs because he's interested in you and me to seek him on a daily basis. And to get close to him, and the person who gets close to him, it draws nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And this is how it is. It's about relationship, personal relationship. What kind of relationship you have with him. So also, uh, the, the, uh, the believer is supposed also, in his, on his journey, to keep growing and going. Going and growing. And I'm going to give you some nuggets uh, a little bit uh, uh, in a minute here to tell you how to do that. Uh, from my personal experiences in life, so uh, uh, we read in numbers ten twenty nine our main passage is going to be first Corinthians, but before we get into first Corinthians chapter ten I, uh, uh, Moses approaches his father in law in chapter ten of numbers. He said to him, "We are about to embark to go into the promised land to take the the route." And we know that the Israelites complain and murmur and they never make it, right? Just the, as I mentioned earlier, the second generation make it, makes it into the promised land. So the main emphasis of the journey of faith is, is in, in essence, if you read in Deuteronomy chapter seven, seven and eight, it's, it was the focus on the covenant of love that bound Yahweh and his people together. It's about love relationship between them. God played his own part in the covenant. He is to be their their God, their leader, to guide them. But he also used an instrument, a human being like Moses, in order to help them. Uh, God spoke to Moses, and Moses communicated with the Israelites. And they were led in the wilderness. But the people didn't really trust Moses many times. They didn't even, uh, they rebelled against him. We read about, if you read in the five books, of, they did so many things that, so the believers' part in this covenant relationship was obedience. The Israelites were supposed to respond in obedience. We read in the New Testament in John 14 21, and this is very important verse. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He is the one who loves me. So in essence, when, in essence, in the, in the, if you read in the book of Matthew, a, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, it was, it was told you, it was told this, or it was, it, it was saying this, but I will say to you. In essence, he didn't make it easier for us. He made it harder. But the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. I have the Holy Spirit, and it's not the letter of the law. It's about relationship, and when the Holy Spirit possesses my life, and I belong to him, and I am in strong relationship with him, then he will be able to guide me and empower me to do what is impossible to do in the natural. A believer can do all things. Paul said, I can do all things because of the Christ who lives in him. And that is a... a, is available to you and me. In my walk with Christ since I left Elam um, up until like about, I would say, a year ago. Dr. Sanders is here. He can witness to you. He will tell you. wasn't an easy walk. Many times I felt like I, have, I, have, I want nothing to do with anything in this life. Not even Christianity. Because it wasn't an easy talk or walk or anything else. But those bad times and hard times... It prepared me and equipped me. The more I let go of who I was, and I humbled myself before him, the more he was willing to intervene and embrace me. And he was teaching me step by step. So don't get discouraged when you are faced with problems, with issues in life. Because the Almighty, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has the power to do exceedingly, abundantly above all, more than we can ask or think. Because He's Jesus. Amen, guys? Amen. If you open with me to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10, please. I'm going to focus on two verses I want to read. Uh, then we can go through the text. I w- if you look at verse 6 and verse 11. Verse 6, read this way. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. So these things were, uh, has occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on things that they did. And we know that the Israelites, they murmured and complained. They, they, some of them were, they preferred to go back to Egypt, if you read, uh, because even they described Egypt itself as a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Where God Himself promised them that He would lead them to a land. Uh, if you read the story of her, the story of Dathan in the book of uh, in the book of Numbers, He described Egypt as a land of flowing with milk and honey, which wasn't really it, because it was a land of slavery. They were enslaved in Egypt, but because they didn't like Moses, they didn't like his leadership. They just wanted something to find in order to complain and merriment. Verse eleven. Verse 11, these things happened to them as example and were written down as warning to us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. When I read about warnings, by the way, in the scripture, I take it as warnings, but also I take it as words of wisdom. The Lord is trying to communicate with me in order to keep me alert that there is danger someplace. If I, be, better for me to pay attention. So it's very important as a believer, when you read the scripture, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, to give you the mind of Christ, in order to be able to comprehend and understand what God is communicating. Because we really need to make sure that we understand the five books of Moses well. Because Paul says in the scripture, he said the five books of Moses are our school master. We are to go to it and consult with it. So it's very important to consult with the five books of Moses in order to understand. I'm not talking about the sacrificial system or anything like that. But to study to understand what the the Israelites did in order not to repeat the same mistakes. Because history is his story, the the story of Jesus. uh, uh, The pre-incarnated Messiah who was represented in the angel of the covenant. The Angel of the Covenant in the Old Testament, even by Jews, the, uh, uh, some of in the in a new commentary that just came out, they think of him as the pre-incarnated Messiah that the Jewish people are waiting for him. That's why some of the Targumim is not accepted to be read in the synagogues today, because some of them speak of, even of Trinity or something like that. So the Jews are not allowing. So when you read something in the text, make sure that you are reading under, uh, the, you understand what you are reading, and ask the Holy Spirit for illumination in order to understand. So, uh, uh, warning from Israel's history. Warnings are really a kind of words of wisdom that God is communicating with us. Verse one: For I don't want you to know to be ignorant to the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were under. The cloud, and that they passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and they drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. And that, the reason for that, it was because of their disobedience and rebellion. And also, if you read Psalm 78, Psalm 78 is about what the Israelites, they will obey. But, it, but the Old Testament really is the story of God's faithfulness, who deals and loves people who are unfaithful to him, as far as the Old Testament goes, and the Israelites. They kept on rebelling and disobeying all the time. So in in the New Testament, when we we really need to ask the Lord because something in us, things in us, we are not going to be able to overcome, except we ask the Lord to come to our aid, because it's not by the power of man that we're going to be able uh, to overcome some things in our life, things that we are facing, things that we are dealing with, uh, certain things that we are uh, not being able to overcome. You really need to ask the Holy Spirit to come to your aid and said, Lord, help me. To overcome and be an overcomer. Yeah, amen, guys? Okay, in verse 6 we read, but let's go to verse 7. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test the Lord as some of them did. And were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angels. So we really need to make sure to come before the Lord, and when we read these things, take it into consideration that God, that the things happen to them, it can happen to us as believers. And you are about to leave, I don't know, some of you might be going to the workplace to work. It's not an easy thing for a believer to be working in an environment that is not godly. And I am having so much jealousy over you. So much love for you to warn you in advance when you leave. And I believe this is Dr. Sanders maybe the same brother Stacy Klein and others who love you. It's to warn you because uh, some of you might think I am strong and I can't do it. I will tell you my friends, I will never say I will not, I will not, I will not do it. It's only by God's grace and mercy I am who I am. I stand because of of his grace and mercy and because of his power in my life. Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. So you really need to have, make sure that your relationship with him is good. Pastor Mike talked about the, 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 the tongue in the, from the book of James. A merman complaining that includes the tongue, the way we speak and the way we... Because the people who react are not the people who are going to conquer, it's the people who are going to respond. To circumstances, The Jews, the Israelites, faced impossible situations in the desert. They reacted, and they didn't respond. If you respond, you will win the battle. If you react, you will lose the battle. But if you lose the battle, don't get discouraged, because you can't rise again. The righteous will fall seven times and will rise again. And in this incident, you really need to make sure that God is there for you. Like the song was saying, he will never let you go. If you seek him and you draw nigh to him, he will never let you go. So I'm going to give you kind of some points about what to do in a case when you are in a, when a, when a life is not, uh, when, when you are, in order to keep growing and going, I want to give you like six points what to do. Intimacy with Christ and reading the Bible. Intimacy with Christ and reading the Bible. Because uh, when you have intimate relationship with him, the Holy Spirit is in charge to guide and direct your steps. Amen? So make sure, because like the guide in uh, in Sinai told me, he said uh, the, the, the guide himself is the person who knows the map and who knows the area. The Holy Spirit knows the Bible and he knows your life. He can read you on the inside and on the outside. Because remember, you need, to, you need to be able to examine yourself like Socrates said, "An examined life is not worth living. In order for me to overcome, I have to make sure that my relationship with him is strong. And when you look at somebody like me, you, know how, you are, "Wow, you are strong." No, no, you don't know. You don't know what, what, what goes on behind closed doors. It's only by God's grace. Because Dr. Sanders knows. He's a very close friend to me, and I share with him. And there are other individuals that I share with too. Point number two, being disciplined and also being a disciple. Being disciplined, like in an army, Paul said, if you want to run the race, you need to set your, your uh, focus on the, on the goal in order to win, but you have to run in a way in order to win. There are rules. I don't know if some of you may be served in the army. In the army, at 4.30 in the morning, every, every morning will come my commander and he will wake us up at 4.15 in the morning. He said, it's time to wake up. Every morning, up till today, I never missed. Even if I go two in the morning to sleep or one in the morning, I am still, every day I woke up, wake up at 4.15 in the morning to pray and seek his face. Because I cannot do what I am doing except I commune with him first in the morning. Read his word and commune with him. And also being a disciple, a disciple is someone who is willing to carry the cross every day. And no matter what you are facing, is to say, Lord, I'm willing to pay the price. Because don't to start something in a ministry. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. It's how you finish. So being disciplined and also being a disciple Point number three, teachable, responsive, or obedient. It's only teachable people. I, sometimes I talk to my son. He says, I know, I know, don't tell me. This kind of uh, attitude, it doesn't work. Guess what, guys? Attitude attitude determines altitude. How high do you want to go? At, uh, at Lowe's uh, a few years back, when I was in Chicago, they, uh, the manager approached me. I was just an employee making $10 an hour. He said, I would like you to become a manager. I see certain leadership traits in you. I said, I cannot do it. He said, I will pay you $22 an hour to start. I started to be a manager. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Started to be a manager, and guess what? It wasn't easy. I had to work with my own employees. It was dairy work, not an easy work. But I had to discipline myself in a way to study, to prepare myself in order to fit that category. He came after six months. Our department went from $800,000 to $1.5 million. He said, I want you to even to lead another department outside London Garden. We make $3.1 million. I I would like to see if you can double that number. And I started uh, in over two departments and within a year, we went from 3.1 to 3.5 or 3.6 million dollars. I didn't double it, but at least the numbers jumped up. It, I will tell you why. Because of God's grace. Then He asked me if I'm willing to become a district manager. It was a high paying job. I said, I cannot do that because I am called to be a professor. I had to focus on what God called me to do. I had to let go. There are th- certain things in your life that you are holding to, you need to let go because these things can, can put you in bondage. It's only for obedient people, and the obedient only who can make it as they run the race. And they will achieve the goal that God has set before them. Next point would be a clear sense of purpose and calling. Many are called, but few are chosen. And in essence, kind of this point goes with the point before it. Uh, you, uh, in order for you, in order to be chosen, you need to pay the price. Say, Master, no matter what it takes, I am yours. If God called you into ministry, uh, I heard some of, of the prophetic words over some of you, and I wasn't surprised to hear some of the prophetic messages over your life. Those who are going into ministry, I just uh, hold on and keep plowing the ground. God is on your side, and the the next one, good relationship with resourceful people, the people you work with. They have to be people of integrity, godly men and women, godly men and women. Uh, You have to draw boundaries about yourself because some of you might be struggling with certain things. Don't go to the areas where you are weak. If some people are struggling with pornography, don't go by yourself and open the computer on your own. Make sure to have, if you are married, have your wife being there, being accountable to. If you have a friend of yours, if you, are in the, and you, you are, if you are doing something you are not supposed to do, make sure to let that go. Because it will devour you. And the final point, and I would like to ask the worship team to come, is to be involved in ministry. Those who are... A, a, it's not just... In, you need to be involved in ministry. No, even if you are in the workplace... In order to keep going, it's not just enough to pray. And Because you need people around you. You need people to pray with you, to pray for you. And you, and you need fellowship with people. It's important. So my, my challenge for you today is, if you really love the Lord. And, the, and you want God to work mightily in you and through you. To achieve his goal in your life. Then you need to say, Lord, no matter what it takes, I am yours. I would like you to bow your head with me. maybe some of you in this place as you bow your head please make sure if there is anything that is you know that is hindering you and you are not letting go if it's sin or anything else and you want someone uh, you want me to pray for you or Dr. Sanders to pray for, uh, for you guys here uh, we will be glad to stand with you I just want you to raise your hand say I have something that I am struggling with and, I, and Lord help me thank you more hands on the back thank you more hands Dr. Sandra will you be willing to pray will you stand please
1: concerned about things that hinder us and coming after us Lord and prompting us and bringing people around us to prod us and Lord you you come after us and you're purifying us and cleansing us and so Lord today in a fresh way we submit ourselves to you Lord we let go of defensiveness or trying to rationalize something that has that we've been allowing to stand in the way Lord, we set aside our rationalizations. We set aside our excuses today, Lord, whatever it might be, and we lay it all down before you, God. And we want to start fresh today in a commitment to live your way, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the cleansing stream. Thank you for the cleansing flow of your blood. God, as we confess sin, your word tells us you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Lord, we're pure sight we don't carry around blots and stains in you We come in a fresh way into your forgiveness Lord so we thank you for your cleansing and father for those today who are thinking about their next steps after Elam God with these practical instructions we pray for them that you would strengthen them that the words Lord would build them up they would look at the world in in a different way and would have a mixture of confidence and concern concern for their way, that they would take steps, Lord, to build strength around them with people, bring people in their lives and be intentional and not think that they have everything in them in themselves, Lord. We thank you for that word today. We thank you for confidence in the Holy Spirit that we can be confident. We don't have to be afraid about getting a job or what is the job going to be like or who's going to be there or where are we going to live. Lord, when we have question marks, we can still have confidence in you today. And so we stand on that. We claim that right that is ours in you, Spirit of the living God, to have peace and confidence in you today. And we pray that for those who are facing questions in this spring season at the end of the semester. We pray, Lord, that you would fill them with peace and give them new strength in the name of Jesus. And everybody said